0: Warning for mentions of child abuse. Hello, welcome to Run Up Film Camp, a podcast for two friends, Gab by the Fire, for my fun film perspectives. I'm Gideon.
1: And I'm Luke.
0: Uh, Today, we're
1: talking about Mommy Dearest. Mommy Dearest was written by four people and directed by Frank Perry, who also helped write the movie, and stars Faye Dunaway as the famous Joan Crawford. Mostly we're doing this because we saw it in the recent All Stars 8 episode, Mm -hmm. and it kind of inspired us to see the actual movie.
0: I mean, you're the one who recommended it.
1: Yes, it's a collaborative podcast.
0: I know. I'm just saying it didn't inspire me. Yeah. I was. I've been telling people that I suspect that this is why, but I was not in on this complex plan that you've created.
1: You've been telling people. What people have you been telling? <laughs> what have you been saying? Just You're going around time. telling people Luke's making me watch this movie. I assume it's because of this, but I can't know why. He's a monster. I mean, and he's gay did you know that too <laughs>
0: kind of but not the monster part i've been like oh we're watching mummy dearest it's i think it's because they did a fa- uh, thing on drag race and that's why he wants to see it but you never told me that i just assumed <sighs> i have my own history with this movie so i was intrigued to see it okay hey,
1: why don't you tell your history then
0: why are you grumpy
1: you shit-talking me behind
0: my back. I'm not shit-talking you. Then you just admitted
1: it in our podcast.
0: It's not (laughs) shit-talking to say, like... You know that thing he's obsessed with? I think that's why he wants to watch that thing.
1: It's just, like, human... Obsessed? (laughs) Obsessed. Okay, that's actually kind of accurate. Yeah. Okay, so this movie was (sighs) based on the book written by Christina Crawford, who... They made the they, she released the book, and then three years later the movie came out based on the book. Mm-hmm. so I think an important thing to be aware of is that there is contention that exists out there over how accurate some parts of christina's book are, and beyond that, Christina does not believe the movie is accurate to the book, mm-hmm. and stuff like. The act scene or the wire hanger scene. Mm-hmm. She says nothing like that ever remotely happened.
0: Mm. In the book, or yeah, in the book. She said
1: it didn't happen. She didn't write about it in the book, and it didn't happen in real life.
0: Which is interesting, since those are like
1: sea <laughs> scenes. Yeah. So, I, I think... do
0: find that that helps because I think this is going into this movie. It is such an interesting camp movie. Especially when people tell you about the subject matter, because you're like, you, how is that going to be funny? Like, honestly, going into this movie, I expected that I was going to be too upset by, like, the abuse that was depicted to, like, find anything funny. Mm-hmm. But it manages it somehow, because it's all just so ridiculous. And it's, like, it does it does help, honestly, that, like, Christina's, like, kind of... Written off the movie to having anything to do with her experience in terms of like it doesn't feel like reacting to something that's like real, yes. Um, even if it's presented in this way, which like, like that has like a lot of layers of like it's so interesting. This has so many layers because it's like the even so, even if it was accurate, it is the movie that's sort of portraying it in this way that is eliciting a response, so at that point is it even, like, the audience's fault? I don't know. That's that's going very deeply. But I do think that helps in terms of, like, guilt factor not feeling too bad about how ridiculously the movie portrays things that should be
1: serious. Yes. So, I'm not sure where the issue exactly lies, but I'm not blaming the actors for I don't even want to call them issues mm. because the reason this film is remembered in a way that so many biographical films are not mm. is because of how over the top and campy it is to the point your reaction is not what it is intended. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't know if I'd like the word bad because bad is almost mischaracterizing it. Okay. Because it's saying it's bad. I don't like that word because it's not bad. I Like, it's f- it's just not in te- reacting the way you intended.
0: Yeah, well, that's like sort of the definition of camp.
1: Yeah. I. It's very campy. Yeah. I, I get why this is famous. Mm. Faye Dunaway does not like this movie. Mm. Understandably. It seemed to kind of take a lot of the wind out of her career.
0: Yeah, I think she like couldn't get work for a while. Isn't that a thing?
1: Yeah, she didn't like to talk about it. She would rarely talk about it in interviews or acknowledge it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She even in her biography, she like barely mentions it, and she mostly blames the director mm-hmm. for not being experienced enough to tell her to rein things in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I do honestly think the directing is the biggest problem, or the biggest. Reason the film is what it is Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because it feels like it has, in a lot of ways, no direction. Like these actors are, they're either being told nothing Mm -hmm. or they're being told more, just constantly. Everyone's always being told no more.
0: Well, I think it's kind of
1: theatrical acting. The editing
0: is also like really strange.
1: Yes, the editor will not get a free pass. I don't
0: know if that's like director directed or if it's but you know i think like famously the first star wars was kind of saved with the editing right so the editing can do a lot and the editing in this movie is so strange and just like not even in a way that's like very dramatic in a way where there's so many shots of just people's faces where we linger for too long and you're (laughs) like why are we looking at them this long and then it just goes to a different scene And you don't really feel like... You know, it's not like the end of Pearl, where you're, like, lingering on her face. You're not like, why are we doing this? You know why we're doing this. In this movie, I don't know, maybe there's supposed to be some sort of internal emotion that we're supposed to be reading, but, like, you don't read it.
1: Yes. Uh, I don't... Like, it's kind of just hard to fathom the level. It's, It's kind of almost like The Room. In the sense Mm. of it's so... It's trying so hard to be one thing. Yeah. And it has absolutely no idea that it has gone in an entirely different direction. Yeah. But the difference is this is actually competently made. Like, it's made by people who know how to bake a movie. Mm -hmm. They just made a... Which honestly makes it more shocking. Yeah. The room's whole gimmick is it's this guy who didn't know how to really do this. Mm -hmm. And then he made a movie that was just wild. Yeah, This is like professional people Mm -hmm. doing this professionally. And it's kind of shocking just how off the rails it is without even realizing they're off the rails. The
0: movie also just has such like a weird vibe. And I wonder, what I said when we were watching was it feels like it was filmed in a hotel. And I think it specifically has to do with her house. Her house has, like, an awful vibe in the beginning.
1: Um, But is that... I thought that'd be intentional.
0: I think it probably is intentional. But it does carry through the whole movie. And, again, like, it could be intentional. It's just... It's... It creates a very interesting thing to watch. And I wonder if it's liminal. Mm -hmm. is the word that I'm looking for because there is something about it but it's interesting because I normally like I normally find liminal spaces and times comforting but this one feels very dangerous in the way that other people normally describe liminal spaces Um, so I don't know I think it's just like the whole film has an interesting vibe to it that's like kind of unsettling yes it reminds me of cabaret actually
1: the vibe interesting I wouldn't disagree with that yeah uh, because
0: cabaret also has that uneasiness to the whole thing, you know.
1: Uh-huh. Except this film, just it's so interesting. This film, kind of masterfully makes something mm. that it had zero intention of doing.
0: Mm.
1: It's like spilling your paints on the ground and then you pick up the paint, you pick them up, and there's the Mona Lisa just laying there.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like, how did you do that by accident?
0: Yeah. It is interesting. I also, so yeah, I want to talk about the eyebrows, because they're very important to me, and I did some research, and I can't look at my phone, so I want to make sure that I remember what my research was.
1: Please tell me about these eyebrows, you find it so passionate?
0: Yes. So, Joan Crawford has famous eyebrows. Okay. I did some research, because I'm not a Joan Crawford expert, but I think it's very clear to most people, when you look at Faye Dunaway at least to me the immediate thing that jumps out is her eyebrows are wrong which is like so frustrating because that's arguably the easiest thing to recreate especially because joan crawford has very famous eyebrows another aspect of joan crawford's eyebrows is that they get thicker as she ages she starts styling them thicker and thicker which they do not do in this movie they kind of go all over the place um, but they also start very thick, which means then that they can't do a t- progression of time via the eyebrows, which is interesting since that existed in real life. And normally in movies, you do like to have something that's like a visual signifier like that. And mm-hmm. and they had that and they didn't use it, which is very strange. Um, The eyebrows are way too rounded. Yes. And they're too high up. You
1: know what they remind me of? What? Liz McCarthy and a Little Mermaid. <laughs> that's funny. Because the whole movie I was watching, I'm like, that's Melissa McCarthy's makeup artist. That's funny. Because they're just off.
0: Yeah, they are. They're off. And this is so interesting. So I was researching this while we were watching. And I found an article from 1981 after this movie came out with the makeup artist talking about how she was a Virgo. (laughs) And so she was determined to get the eyebrows exactly right. And she would measure a photo of Joan Crawford with a Q-tip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She acted like a Q-tip was the most precise form of measurement. I don't know why. But she would measure the, this photo of Joan Crawford with, with a Q-tip to like exactly recreate it to what's her face's face. Uh-huh. Which is so interesting because they are so obviously wrong. And I wonder if part of the transfer is you can't take something flat on someone else's face... And exactly transfer it to another person's face and have it look the same. Yes. So it it was humorous to me that she did obviously try to exactly recreate it. But for some reason did not like then perceive it and be like, mm, I need to edit this.
1: The definition of the whole movie <laughs> of everyone being like, I'm going to exactly recreate this. And everyone being like, this is so accurate. <laughs> this is so good. There's no need to edit And then they never once took one tiny step back and were like, oh, that's wildly odd. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everyone was just looking so close. Here's the other thing about this movie that kind of surprised me.
0: Mm.
1: It's a lot of, maybe this word's wrong, but it's vignettes. Yes. It's just kind of scene and then scene. There's not... A transition between scenes. And I don't just mean in terms of editing, although editing, there is not a lot of transitions. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But also in terms of, like, the story just kind of like, in that scene, it's over. And now we are on a new part of the story.
0: I just need to pause and mention that also with the eyebrows, I wrote this, I read this very passionate blog spot person's opinion on them and why they were wrong. Mm-hmm. I just need to mention that cuz I don't want to accidentally plagiarize them. Cool. Oh. <laughs> yes, it is vignettes.
1: But just didn't expect. And the story does not need to be and probably shouldn't be. I don't know why they would write it as vignettes.
0: Yeah. The but... the this is interesting cuz I was just editing a story that has some vignettes in it. And it, the thing with vignettes is transferring from one to the other is difficult to have it not feel abrupt and there needs to be like a lot of care put into that uh, um, to like make sure that even though you're literally abruptly changing from one subject to the other that it makes sense right this film does not do, do that nope. like every time it's abrupt <laughs> every time you're in a completely different situation
1: I got a lot of high school stage show energy mm. where it's like Over-the-top acting and its very like, scene, scene, scene. Yeah. Not a lot about what's between scenes. Yeah. Which is very important in filmmaking. You have to have the between.
0: It is interesting, though, because, like, there are a few scenes that are, like, good. Mm -hmm. And a scene might be too generous. But, like, when Christina's accepting the Lifetime Achievement Award for her mom... That was good. The acting in her little speech was really good. And see that that one in particular is really interesting because we see it through a screen. So it's almost like the medium the medium of live television is making her performance yeah. come across more than a
1: uh,
0: In contrast to the like quote reality of the actual film. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know what I think it was. What? Because the TV was small mm-hmm. on the otherwise big television, like mm-hmm. our screen. Mm-hmm. And they're doing theatrical acting. Mm-hmm. Like, I see this, you know, this is theatrical acting. And this is why it's so hard for people to transfer. And I know these aren't theater people, but this is theater acting. It's hard to transfer from theater to film or film to theater because it's different acting. Yeah, What's a little gesture... Or a little thing in movies has to be way bigger on stage because you got to people paid for the back row You've got to see it.
0: Yeah.
1: So when they took the daughter and they shrunk her down on screen, suddenly her big acting looks like really good acting. That because,
0: is a very interesting.
1: Because theory. they made her tight, ty- they made her small and far away. Yeah. So we are getting a theater experience in that moment. And suddenly it's like, oh, this is good.
0: That's a very interesting theory. I like
1: that. And the. the the thing that kind of, it kind of makes me sad almost mm-hmm. that this didn't happen. Christina Crawford obviously is like now an old woman. Mm-hmm. And recently she tried to turn this into a musical. Like she tried to get things together to get it into a musical. From
0: book or the movie?
1: The, I assume the book, but it would probably pull from the movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the, the drag
0: c- musical was really good. So yeah. like, I'm kind of sold.
1: But it didn't work out. No, yeah. like there was just, wasn't, no one was willing to put it together.
0: Yeah.
1: But like, the movie kind of shows this can work in theater in a way it can't work on screen. That's true. So I just thought that was interesting. Although at this point, there's no point. The drag musical kind of beat it to the punch.
0: Yeah. And did
1: everything better.
0: It was a good musical. It was. The, um,.
1: And you'll hear about that soon on our Friendsville Camp All Stars H review. Oh yeah! Which I don't know when that's coming out.
0: Um. Well, the, when it
1: come, when we're finished, but yeah.
0: The other really good moment of acting was when Joan got fired from MGM. Yes. The guy who worked for MGM was great.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's it, the only one not doing theater yeah. acting. He's <laughs> it like so doing a very subtle see. performance.
0: Yeah. I also, like, really like- see, he had- there was a few good lines, too, and I don't even know if I'm gonna remember them all, but I remember his line, because he was, like, he was basically telling her, like, he loves her, he respects her, she needs to leave MGM. And it's, like, it's that thing where they're, like, we're firing you, but we're not actually firing you, because we can't, so you need to leave, but, like, you don't have a choice. That's this situation. But he does it in a way that's, like, very interesting in which you, like, believe him that he likes her and that they're friends. And he's, like, telling her, you know, like, we're going to say that you left because we had, like, creative differences and we parted as friends and, like, blah, blah, blah and all this. And then he's, like everyone's gonna be like scrambling to get you they're gonna think that we made a huge mistake they're gonna be trying to get one over on me so like you're gonna get like you're gonna be fine you're gonna get so many offers and you're like maybe even you'll get a big hit movie and she's like then will you be sorry <laughs> very dramatic and then he's like i'm sorry now it was a good line yeah. it's like this, this kind of gets it
1: <laughs> yeah And then she really resonates with the word Hollywood royalty, which Mm -hmm. he he does use well.
0: Then we have the the get-me-the-act scene, where she's cutting all the flowers, and she makes her maid get her kids, which the maid in this movie is an interesting character. I don't want to call
1: her the maid. She's the assistant.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I called her the maid. You're right. There is a maid. There is a maid. She's not the maid. Um, The assistant get the kids. The assistant is interesting, because she is presented throughout the whole movie as this meek little lady... And they age her really well, as you mentioned. The aging makeup in this movie in general is actually really good, which is interesting. Um, Yes. But I have a secret theory. Mm -hmm. Because I think she actually sucks. Because first of all, she doesn't do anything ever to protect the kids, which is, like, fine. I understand that that's really complex when it's, like, your employer and stuff. But... That one time when she gets super pissed about the kids playing outside her window, she was literally told not to let them be loud, and she let them go play outside and scream in front of her window. which like That was literally her job, because they're kids and kids are stupid, to look after the kids at that moment. And then, the famous wire hanger scene.
1: Obviously the daughter didn't put it on a wire hanger. Where is she
0: going to get wire hangers? She's like five. So somebody got wire hangers and put them in her room. Who would have done that but the assistant? Or the maid. Or the maid. But I think it's the assistant.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I would agree with that.
0: So anyway, she's got more to answer for than she thinks she does.
1: Yeah. But they do save her from Joan Crawford when Joan Crawford is going to kill her.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: (laughs) So she gets one star.
0: I also... The thing about that scene, which I'm like... (sighs) Because the thing about that scene is that the reporter is there. Yeah. And she's writing a thing, and Joan's all like, Don't embarrass me. And then Joan tries to embarrass her daughter. Well,
1: the bitch. daughter walked in. The, uh, the thing with that scene is Joan's like, Don't embarrass me. And then the daughter walks in with the interview, uh-huh. which clearly Joan didn't want her to do. Mm. Like, just don't, like, one of those, don't even acknowledge her. Yeah. Just stay hidden. And she didn't. And so Joan Crawford's trying to, like, power, uh, like, show her her, pa- she's in a power struggle in this moment, and mm. Joan Crawford's trying to win. win the power struggle, being like, trying to embarrass her. And when the daughter an- says no, it instantly switches all the embarrassment on Joan Crawford. Yeah. Which then leads to the fight, and then the...
0: Barbara, please...
1: Papa, please? <laughs> this movie is very quotable because of how they say these things. The
0: interesting thing about that is, like, I wish... Like, I just want to know so bad what article this reporter read.
1: Read? wrote.
0: wrote. <laughs> yeah. Because she ends up, rip, like, ripping Joan off of her daughter.
1: She probably not just written anything.
0: She probably didn't. But, like, I'm just intrigued by that. It, it gave me, like, John Mulaney, like, coked-up vibes. That, like, yeah. that interview. I was like, I just need to know this interview. Yes. Or, or article.
1: Also, this is weird and totally random. Mm. And we looked it up. I looked it up. Okay. And I could only find, like, the most g- generic reason.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Or the most empty reason why the sun was strapped to the bed at night. Oh, yeah. And it all I could find from multiple sources, including the Guardian, mm. was... It was to keep him from walking to the toilet at night.
0: Yeah. Just like, what's the problem?
1: Yeah. I, like, I didn't find... Okay, why would we not want that?
0: Yeah. Very confusing. So I also kind of... It was just of,
1: distracting, because they did it, and they never said why.
0: I did... I kind of wish he had a bigger part in the movie. Yes. It's weird to have him there the whole time. He doesn't even talk to like, a, like at least more than halfway into the movie. Yes. Um, And it's just kind of weird. Because there are two kids. We see him strapped to the bed. So, like, something weird's going on. He also gets called down when she's, like, being crazy with the flowers. So, it's like, he is like a horse in this race, right? And it's just interesting that we, like, never... We don't get that much from him. And I kind of wish we got a little more. Especially if, like, I know a lot of women... I mean, this is still a thing. But a lot of women from that generation specifically really liked boys like the boy mom trope where they yeah. were like you know the, their little boy was the apple of their eye i would be interested was that a dynamic was it everything is wrong with christina but he's great like well, he can't might do anything be the, wrong. i don't because know because the
1: narrative is told from christine's perspective. perspective at least the source material we might just not have very much on him
0: yeah but you would still even if it was from her perspective I would like to understand her perspective of what she thinks of her mom and his relationship. Because we we don't really get nothing. I just think it would be an interesting layer to add to the story.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree.
0: The little girl who plays... uh, Is it Christine or Christina? I thought it was Christina. Christina. Oh, okay.
1: But she calls her...
0: She calls her lots of stuff. Yes. Um, She, the little girl who plays her, is actually, like, she's a pretty good actress, but she acts like an adult, which is very, like, it's so interesting. She makes facial expressions like an adult, which is, like, just interesting to watch. I do really like the child versus the adult version of Christina's, like, actresses. Like, I, it's a pet peeve of mine when they have kids who don't look anything like, what the older version of them is supposed to look like. And I thought that they, like, looked enough alike that it was a good transition.
1: Mm-hmm. The daughter still works. She teaches acting, mostly. To the kids.
0: kid or the older one? The kid. Cool. Uh,
1: yeah, the movie is just really interesting. Uh,
0: I would say it's also interesting, the flower scene, the bring me the act scene. First of all, she's really bad with this axe. That's fine. Whatever. So she's cutting down this very small, like, lemon tree, it looks like. And it's very dramatic. And it's almost as though, in the story, this lemon tree was important. But we've never seen this lemon tree before. Yes. So I guess the drama is just that she's being crazy, which, like, she is, and that is dramatic. But it is... In- I almost wish they put some sort of stock in the lemon tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when she takes Christina's dolls, we, like... N- we have some history with the dolls, right? Like, the doll was the one thing she wanted to keep from her birthday. We know she loves dolls.
1: Yes. And we also understand Christina was using the dolls to get through her abuse. Yeah. And her trauma. Yeah. Which... Joan Crawford didn't like because in Joan Crawford's perspective there was no abuse or trauma mm-hmm. so if there was then it's not her fault so she helped got rid of dolls. so she couldn't she couldn't do the coping skills so yeah. she couldn't begin coping mm-hmm. and if you begin coping then you're just living in it and then it's not a problem mm-hmm. for Joan it's still a problem for her mm-hmm. but not for Joan mm. that, that was actually one of the better moments of the movie like structurally, because that mm-hmm. made sense. A lot of the movie just feels like
0: you're right, unfinished. That like had setup and stuff. You're yeah. right. Yeah,
1: a lot of the movie just doesn't feel fully finished, which, which has to weird. do with
0: the vignette stuff. And it's also kind of why it doesn't all feel super connected. It's like yeah, like with the doll thing. We see the dolls before we see them again. Blah blah blah. It, there's connected layers for most of the movie. There's not really just things are happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> See, like, okay, this is also interesting because... And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I don't like it, but w- the one scene with the hair brushing, when, and then she chops off all her hair.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, she seemed... So, okay, she was upset with Christina because Christina was going through her stuff.
1: Well, going through her stuff in...
0: Making fun of her. Doing her,
1: like, press award speech thing.
0: Which is so interesting, because that's, like, she was not making fun of her. You're her mom. She's She's idolizing her. Exactly. So I thought that that was a really interesting reaction, and I feel like we don't necessarily see... I guess we do with the rose bushes, her sort of fear of being mocked, I guess. Because, like, interpreting a kid doing that as them making fun of you is, like... Such next-level level paranoia of people not taking you seriously.
1: Yes, but that would make sense in such an abusive circumstance. Yeah. Uh, at least in film therapy lands. Mm. This film is all in the film therapy land.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was also kind of frustrating. Like, if they... Oh, I remember what I wanted to talk about. Okay, another thing I did like, which they did set up... Mm-hmm. Um, was in the, near the beginning of the movie, Um, Joan is making Christina, like, practice her dives and stuff, and then they race twice. And then Christina is, like, talking about how it's not fair, because her mom won. Um, And then her mom's like, blah, 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 of course it's not fair. I'm always going to be, like, bigger and stronger and better, and I'm always going to win, blah, blah, blah. And then later, Christina and her have multiple power struggles. And especially with the steak, I yeah. did really like this. When Joan is like, why is it always a competition? It's like, gee, I wonder why. Yeah. So that was good. See, that was like set up and follow through.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, there's there's a good... There's like a competently made biofilm in here. Yeah. I just Didn't get it. Yeah, so... Older Christine... Actually, let's talk about the first husband, or the boyfriend.
0: Yeah.
1: Quickly. He actually was kind of boring as an actor, which was the opposite problem as everyone else, was everyone else was, like, way over the top. Oh, yeah. And he was already doing boring acting, but with everyone else, Mm. he was so boring. Mm. Uh, So, he... Their big conflict is he... Doesn't like her, like, greeting all the fans and talking to all the press, taking forever to get in the restaurant and Mm -hmm. waiting. And she's like, you could help me get through that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm totally on her side in that circumstance. Yeah. Because she's a celebrity. You knew that before dating her. Yeah. So she greets fans. And you could be with her and help her go through. Yeah. But then she was not at him because she had, like, her own table And then the head of the studio called her over and then made her eat with him. Yeah. As if she was a product with the label slapped right on her ass. Uh Uh-huh. And then they're fighting about it. And then she throws the alcohol Uh in his face. And then he's like, I'm leaving. Yeah. She's like, she gets all dramatic. She's like, don't go. Or she's like, if you go, you never come back. And she's like, okay, goodbye. Yeah. And then she's like, don't go, please. And oh, it's so dramatic. Yeah. And he's like, if you're acting for you, you're wasting your time. If you mean it, then you're wasting my time. Yeah. And it's a good line. It is a good line. It's so dramatic. (laughs) Everything's just so dramatic. Yeah. (laughs) It was a good line, though. There's lots of good lines in here. It's funny because it's so camp. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when he leaves, and she doesn't want to be alone. That's a big thing with her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be alone. Then at the second half, way at the end of the film, mm-hmm. the other thing I liked or thought was interesting was the Christina is in the hospital as an adult. Oh, I hated this. a a lump in her ovarian...
0: Ovary.
1: Ovary. What she had it?
0: a tumor or a cyst or something.
1: Anyway, she would be fine, but it was going to take a while. Yeah, they're very painful. Yeah, And so, her mom... This is complicated, let me finish. Okay. At this point, the mom and daughter seem to be in a better spot than they were living together. Mm -hmm. But they're still, like, not good. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to me how you can read this from both their perspectives. Mm -hmm. How they think... The other one is being so generous. Okay. And how, or how you would, that's not what I meant. So, while she's, while Christine is in the hospital, Joan graciously volunteers Uh to be, to take her place on the soap opera, even though she is like 50 years too old for the part. Mm -hmm. And... I can see, from Joan's perspective, of a mother who's trying to kind of rekindle, as a mother who's trying to rekindle her relationship with her daughter, being like, this would be so generous of me to stoop to the level of soap opera and to work
0: I don't think that's what
1: she was doing. Hold on. Hold on. You're going I wait. No, but I just No, 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 no. You're going to jump ahead and you're going to miss my points. Okay. And you're going to not come back to them. You have to wait. I can see from Joan's perspective in Joan's head her own delusion convinces her mm. that she's doing this out of generosity. And from Christine's perspective, which is our perspective, which is typically more of the reality, Mm. you see Joan desperately trying to cling to fame with a soap opera, Mm -hmm. taking her daughter's soap opera appearance, and kind of doing a terrible job, maybe intentionally, maybe not. I don't think it's intentionally, I think she's
0: just too drunk, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And ruining the character in the show.
0: I think she's taking the thing that Christina built for herself. Like, it's a power move. Yeah. She's making it hers again. Yeah. So now she's taking it away from Christina. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, my point is, with most of the Crawford, I see her convincing herself that she is being so selfless in this moment. Mm. Even if like, that part of her brain that knows that's not true. But, like, I see her thinking to herself, I am so kind. I saved my daughter's job.
0: That would be one of the things that it would be nice to have a follow-up. Because we don't know what happened with that. We don't know if she got fired. We don't know if the character got written off. We don't know if she got her job back. We don't know if they ever had a conversation about it. And, like, that was one of the more interesting things that happened. And I think that is, like, what you were saying, like, part of the problem with the vignettes is, like, we don't get a lot of these very interesting reactions to the shit that happens. I also... This is random, but when they, um... So when Christina's away at school, it's also interesting that we skip most of Christina's school, especially her school in the nunnery, even though we're in Christina's perspective, so it would make sense that we don't skip that. Um... But anyway, um, when Christina's away at the nunnery school, the, um, Joan get, m- marries this guy who works for Pepsi and he's really nice Yeah, and they do a good job because he's not in that many scenes, but they do a good job of making you like him. But anyway, they're moving to New York because that's where he's set up and they're like renovating this whole apartment. And the thing that's crazy about this is in the scene about construction, in which this is a blatant setup, but then nothing happens with it. Uh, There's, like, a wall, and the builder is like, this is a load-bearing wall, and it's, like, blocking the view or something. And she's like, well, what what we're gonna do is knock down this load-bearing wall and put a window in. And everyone's like, okay, I guess we're doing that. But, like, a load-bearing wall is not, like for fun like it's load-bearing that's what it means it means the building is gonna like not be super cool and in an apartment building that means you're like endangering everyone else and then nothing happens we don't even get to see the window that like was so necessary yeah just nothing ever happens with it you don't hear anything Mm -hmm. like at least even just like when joan is older just her on the phone or something in another scene. And she looks up at the ceiling and there's like a huge crack in it or something. And it could even be like, ooh, it's it's emblematic of her life falling apart because of her decisions, right? Yeah. But we don't get anything.
1: No, no, no. We move on to the board scene, <laughs> which is an amazing scene. It is a good scene. And in a different movie, in a different movie, that would be a really cool, like standout award scene her acting was
0: also pretty good too until it gets to the don't fuck with me fellas which is the most iconic part but But like before then it was actually more restrained than she had been for a lot of the movie did you notice that?
1: yeah I think that's fair I liked the woman power like standing up to a room of men Mm. and I liked the I fought Hollywood monsters men like you for years and Hollywood I can Mm -hmm. take you Mm -hmm. and her point was also super valid yeah which is hey I built Pepsi with my stardom if you're gonna fire me right now I'm Mm -hmm. gonna go right across the street to Coca-Cola and be like hey they fired me can I work here is that what she said well she didn't say the wording but she's gonna go to the competition she's
0: gonna go to Coca-Cola
1: She'd go to the competition. She'd disavow Pepsi and then go to Coke. Oh. Was the idea.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Which Coke would probably love because she was the face of Pepsi for years. Yeah. And if she's now face of (laughs) Coke, that means she changed her mind about Pepsi. Yeah. It's a brilliant pen to use her power for good. Mm -hmm. And she deserves that spot on the board. Yeah. And I'm glad they got it.
0: Yeah. No, that's a fun scene.
1: Yeah. Also, the use of her wearing black... Because she's in a business meeting, mm. but we use Black as she came from a funeral
0: uh-huh.
1: is very well done. That's one good thing. There's good elements here. I, I don't want to underestimate that there's not good parts this movie, which kind of makes it honestly worse in many ways, but also better. It's, so, it's confusing to the think The thing that.
0: Is, is, I think that the end product of this movie being such a weird, campy enigma is more memorable and probably better than if it was just a competent, normal biopic.
1: This is kind of a movie that is, the parts are better than the sum. Mm. Which is so interesting, because yeah. it's rare to have that. Yeah. But the parts are really good.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that is sort of the benefit. Oh,
1: really fun. Was- that is the
0: benefit of the vignette thing, is you have certain vignettes that are really good. Like, yeah. the the thing, the the boardroom scene, which is, like, that could just be a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, because they're all so co- sort of disconnected, as a whole, it's, like, kind of whatever. But it's all these, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: certain scenes that, like, really stand out for whatever reason, good or bad. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's really good. I'm glad.
0: I also wish, speaking to Christina's, like, perspective, I wish that we got a bit more of an idea. Because they do set this up somewhat with her, like, sort of idolizing her mom and practicing in the mirror with the acting and stuff. But I wish we got a better idea of, like, is she a good actor? I don't know. She was practicing at the one school, but then she got kicked out and she got sent to a nunnery. So was she allowed to act there? I don't know. It's very weird. I also, I I actually, in retrospect, I'm really annoyed we didn't see anything from the convent. Especially because when she leaves, she's like, this was really hard, but, like, thank you for being so kind to me or whatever. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Give me some information. Like, they gave me enough at the other school, and they didn't give us that much, but it was enough that I got an idea, you know what I mean? hmm Um, that was weird.
1: It's odd. The whole...
0: It was also really interesting and strange that Joan was so... So, when Christina is sent to the first boarding school, and we get a time jump to Christina being uh, a teenager, we're supposed to assume, I think. Um, She goes on a date with this boy, and they get caught, like, kissing, which is not a big deal. Um, Anyway, his girlfriend or friend who has a crush on him or something tells on them. And the lady who's in charge of this boarding school, we like, because we've seen one scene with her in which Christina was getting sent to this boarding school at first, and she was very sad about it, and she was empathetic and nice to her. So we know that she's, like, a reasonable person. Um, She, and I really did like this, because it's one of the only times that Joan Crawford gets called out,
1: Mm -hmm. when
0: she was just like, I think you're overreacting. (laughs) I like (laughs) that. Um, Anyway. So Christina gets put on probation by the school, but Joan fucking freaks out and takes her out of the school and then tells people that she was expelled, even though she wasn't. So anyway, Joan then sends her to the convent in part because she's so offended that Christina dared to kiss somebody because she's been like trying to raise like a proper girl or something, which is so interesting because Joan has had like so many love affairs throughout the course of the movie and does not come across as very prudish and so I don't know like what this is Joan
1: very objectively being not hypocritical yeah being very hypocritical like the the most poignant part of the movie is when she's on alcohol Mm -hmm. the daughter says there's alcohol up here Mm -hmm. and the mom's like how you drunk of course you know where the alcohol is when she She's trying to drink and drive, and she's yeah. out. She said she's out of alcohol, yeah. <laughs> There's no self awareness.
0: It's also clear that she's been getting her to like make her drinks for years, so mm-hmm. it's not like, yeah, it's very strange. So, she is
1: soap opera update. Oh, yeah. Eventually, the character was written off is the show. Is this in real life? Yes, okay. In real life, the character was written off the show about. A few months after. When Joan was thing. playing
0: or when the daughter so was? So
1: Joan played her for about a week. Okay. The character. And it was all live, obviously. Mm. And then she came back and then did it for a few more months. And then they wrote her off. Mm. And the producers were just like, the character just ran its course. Like, the character was done. Yeah. We had nothing left for it. But Christina insists it was solely the mother coming in. Okay. And filling the part. And, uh... They disagree. Mm -hmm. There was a huge bump in viewership when she did it, but Mm -hmm. obviously it'd be like if Meryl Streep's daughter got a role in a sitcom and then Meryl Streep came to cover for a week.
0: Yeah.
1: It would be like, what? Meryl Streep?
0: Yeah.
1: So I think it it was interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. That is interesting. But yeah. Well, I'm glad it didn't get written off while she was playing her. Because, honestly, probably then it did just run its course. Because they do that a lot in...
1: It's like a natural thing in sitcoms.
0: Not sitcoms. Soap operas. Soap
1: operas, thank you. And when the mom died, and this is what they were referring to, Mm. she left them no money.
0: Yeah. But
1: they sued hard Mm. to invalidate that will. Mm. And they kind of won. Okay. Or at least they settled...
0: Uh, like both her and her brother yeah mm-hmm.
1: and they were both given 55 a combined fifty five thousand. It's good which 70s that's so really good mm-hmm.
0: uh. i also thought it was interesting the scene when joan is like we're broke you have to like work to mm-hmm. do school and stuff and then when she's really drunk she has like all these shoes yeah, and I also thought that was interesting because it was never see that was kind of a a scene that benefited from not being resolved in that we don't, we don't know, know if she, if she actually... was telling the truth or not. You know, we don't know she if... could have just been spending irresponsibly.
1: And that's why she wanted to get drunk because she was in the room, saw the money she just spent, mm-hmm. and was like oh, so upset with herself.
0: Yeah, or she, she could have just been lying so it's like we don't know so that's actually a part yeah a thing where it was benefited it's a uh, it's an interesting
1: movie Mm -hmm. so overall mommy dearest is a campy film it's a very
0: strange watching experience
1: it's it's not what you expect even if you listen to this it is just kind of its own weird thing yeah I think it's you have to be in the right mood Mm -hmm. you have to know what you're getting into and there is definitely scenes of abuse which are even if it's done in this over dramatic dramatized campy way is still not fun to watch
0: no it can be upsetting it being over dramatic and sort of borderline silly helps like take <laughs> the edge off but it is still upsetting at yes. certain points
1: so you have to be I, be aware of that if that's not something that you can if that's not something that you think you'd be able to handle or want to get through, that's not a good film for you. But otherwise, I think it's a good time. Yeah, it's like it was, a good campy time. If you were like a little, if you had like a drink in your hand, it would be a mm, lot of fun.
0: It was so interesting because, like, for so much of the movie, I was genuinely stressed. Yet, I also spent so much of it bursting out laughing. So it's, like, that's such a weird combination of emotions when you're watching, but that's kind of, like, what makes the movie so unique.
1: We haven't, like, really laughed at a movie uh-huh. like this in a while. Like, there's movies we thought were funny, but this movie, like, actually made us laugh and pause. Yeah. And well, I, not
0: pause to laugh.
1: No, not pause to laugh. Pause like,
0: to, to think.
1: Like, <laughs> think and explore and talk.
0: Yeah, we did pause it a lot to talk about things. Yeah.
1: But, like, we also just genuinely laughed. and I don't remember the last film we, like, really laughed at. Barb and Star. Yes. Barb and Star might be the last film that had this much, like, pure joy coming from us.
0: In- not pure joy.
1: Pure joy is the wrong word. Yeah. I guess. Uh, like, genuine joy.
0: No. Which I sounds- was not experiencing joy, even when I laughed. I was experiencing, like, disbelief.
1: I was having a fun time.
0: I don't think I had as much fun as you.
1: Okay. Well, I had a fun time.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> it does seem to be... Every, the reports I read said this is like particularly popular with gay men. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just falling into a trope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But overall, good time if you want to watch it, but know what you're getting into.
0: I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. Would you watch it again?
1: I'd watch it again, but not like for a while and not without a purpose it
0: kind of reminds me of clue almost where i feel like it's more fun to have watched than to watch it like to be in on all the jokes and like know all the lines is kind of more fun than like i like watching watching
1: clue again though
0: i like watching clue too but it's more fun to have watched than it is to watch it not that it's not fun to watch it you know what i mean
1: yeah i actually think there's a lot of similarities in clues style and tone to this film I can kind of see it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, on that note, that concludes today's episode of Friends of Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll catch you next time at the campfire.